You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Now, recently I had a conversation with one of my buddies. He's kind of a, a truck nut, a car nut, and he told me that Interstate Batteries makes, from a technical standpoint, some of the best car batteries on the market, period, hands down. Not only that, but they have thousands of retail locations all over the United States. So stop in to a local retail store, ask the guy who works there about their car batteries, and hell, you might as well put one in if they're the best in the business. So interstatebatteries.com is their website. Go there, find out more information about the culture of the company, the batteries that these guys carry, or just stop into a, a local retail store. Interstate batteries, outrageously dependable. This is the Average Conservationist Podcast, brought to you in partner with 2% for Conservation. 2% for Conservation's mission is to create an alliance of businesses and individuals that ensure the future of hunting and angling by committing their time and dollars to fish and wildlife. 1% of your time plus 1% of money equals 2% for conservation. 2% helps businesses and people pair with conservation causes to support things that fit what they care about. Whether you're into fishing, hunting, or just getting outdoors, 2% can help you not only start giving back to wildlife, but get certified for it. Getting 2% certified means you've made the same commitment as popular brands like Sitka Gear, First Light, Stone Glacier, and Seek Outside in giving at least 1% of your time and dollars back to wildlife. But it's not just for outdoor companies. Breweries, contractors, coffee roasters, and even piano repair companies have earned 2% certification and stand out as leaders in their community for doing so. Businesses that are committed to conservation deserve your business when you shop. Learn more about 2% for conservation at fishandwildlife.org. That's fishandwildlife.org. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Average Conservationist Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Ewing. And, uh, you know, today we are going to do things a little bit differently. Um, we are doing a podcast takeover. Uh, so obviously with a lot of the news breaking yesterday about uh, the QDMA, uh, Quality Deer Management Association, and the National Deer Alliance um, merging and joining forces um, to create a, a superpower of sorts uh, in the world of whitetail conservation. Um, our fearless leader over here at Sportsman's Nation and 2% for Conservation board member, Dan Johnson, um, had the opportunity to sit down with Nick Pinizzato. Um, Nick was the CEO of the National Deer Alliance uh, and will be the CEO of the yet-to-be-named um, new conservation organization after the merger. Uh, so Dan was lucky enough to, to score some time to sit down with Nick. Uh, I know he's had Nick on his podcast over on Nine Finger Chronicles um, in the past uh, to talk about whitetail. Um, so this is going to be a, a pre-recorded uh, episode that Dan and Nick um, did uh, just yesterday after the news broke. So I hope you guys um, enjoy. Uh, I think there's a, a lot uh, to look forward to in, in the world of whitetail conservation over, uh, you know, the coming months and years, uh, with this merger. So enjoy. Uh, but first I want to take a minute to talk about our partners over at Stone Glacier. Um, whether you're looking for, you know, Western pack, uh, whitetail pack, uh, you know, mid layers, 
base layers, outer layers, you know, sleep systems, um, you know, lightweight tents. Uh, Stone Glacier really has everything that uh, that the outdoorsman or outdoorswoman needs uh, in terms of gear. Um, I just got uh, to put their Sky 5900 through the uh, through the paces a little bit a few weeks ago, um, doing some work on the Whitetail Woods, hauling some stands around, cameras. Uh, different stuff like that. And, uh, it is a beast. It is a absolutely bomb proof pack. And I, I could not be happier, um, with the choice to, to use some stone glacier gear out in the woods this season. Um, if you guys want to learn more about stone glacier, check them out stoneglacier.com. Uh, they also recently came out with an app, uh, whether you have, um, Apple or Google play, uh, you can download their app there. Uh, and again, be sure to check them out at stoneglacier.com. All right. On the phone with me today, Mr. Nick Penizzato. Nick, what's up, man? Dan, good to hear from you. And it's always, I always enjoy doing your show because right out of the gate, you always get my name right. <laughs> and that sometimes that's, that's a struggle for me, uh, sometimes. Uh, so, uh, I appreciate that. That's a, that's a good way to kick it, kick off a good interview is when you say someone's name correctly. <laughs> well, especially mine. So, right. Yeah. Right. Right. So if you didn't notice there, I left out your title because I'm, I'm flipping through Instagram this morning and I notice something, something sticks out to me. And it was an announcement that the QDMA and the National Deer Alliance are merging into one organization. And you are the, I guess we would call the former CEO of the National Deer Alliance or current or, or whatever. And, and there's going to be a whole bunch of questions that's, that I have to ask about this. But my, my first question right out of the gate is how has your summer been so far? <laughs> you know, it's hard to even think about it with, with COVID going on yeah. and with uh, every, just everything that's gone on is this, what we're going to talk about here today, this joint venture between NDA and QDMA. And by the way, I'm still the CEO of the National Deer Alliance and I guess technically the QDMA at the same time, but we'll figure that all out. Okay. Um, but uh, it's been, you know what? It's been good. It's been, uh, I've been able to fish uh, pretty well into the summer here before things dried up. So I love to, I love to fly fish and do that. I've been out doing a fair amount of photography, which is something I love. And it's getting to that time of year, 4th of July weekend is when I always put out my first trail cameras. And I've uh, heard interviews that you've done on, on uh, listening to uh, Wired to Hunt podcast where you were talking about your preparation. So I'm starting to get fired up like you guys are and uh, moving in that direction. Yeah. So do you have any big plans for the fall? Any big, uh, big hunts? You know, I don't have any plans to, to go anywhere. I, I, I traditionally will hunt my home state here in Pennsylvania and I hunt in Delaware. And so those are both um, obviously my home state's an easy drive where I hunt here, but uh, going to Delaware is also an easy drive. And so I, I won't be in any kind of predicaments in terms of the whole social distancing and quarantining and all these types of things. And, uh, frankly, I'm, I'm really hopeful that a bunch of others aren't either, because I know a lot of people do plan to stretch their legs and do a little, little traveling. So let's hope that doesn't become a problem. Yeah, absolutely. So 
let's just get right into the meat and potatoes today. Um, because I have a lot of questions I want to ask about this merger. And the first, the first one, and it's just for referencing, what is the new name of this organization going to be? Well, that's a hell of a good question, Dan, (laughs) (laughs) because uh, I don't have the answer for you. Okay. Um, But what I can tell you is that it's not going to be the Quality Deer Management Association, and it's unlikely that it will be the National Deer Alliance. Okay. Um, it, it may be some, uh, you know, I hate to even speculate on it because we're, we're working on it. So yeah. we, as a staff have kicked some things around. We've reached out for a little bit of outside help. I would encourage anybody that's listening to this show. If you've got a, a burning idea in your head to share it and you may be the person that ends up naming the organization, but, um, I'll, I'll just say this. We want to, we want something that reflects more of who we are. So for example, QDMA um, very unfairly, I think, got categorized right away into being a, a quote, big buck organization, despite all of the conservation work and doe management and even age or habitat management. They got, because of the words quality and management, I think that just really kind of sent a message to some people that they never were really to, ever, to able, uh, ever able to overcome. Uh, so it's going to be different than that. And the alliance part of it is a little bit challenging. We hope we're still in alliance. We hope that, that we're able to keep the relationships we have with the Mule Deer Foundation and Whitetails Unlimited. Um, but we don't want to be confining. We don't want to. We don't want to. You know, use terms that that make that might make us less to some people. Um, so that's that's one of the things that we're considering here. We want we want it to be an inclusive name um, that, that gets the point across. But I think more important than the name is that whatever it is, we rally behind it and we, and it's the mission that stands out. So that's, that's really what we're focused on. Right. Right. So I'll be honest from, from where I'm sitting. Right. And I, I feel like I have my ear to the ground within the hunting community, within the hunting industry. This seems to me from the outside, looking in something that happened very quickly. Was this quick? Or was this a, a long, drawn-out process where both parties got together and you, there were several months' worth of meetings and all that stuff? What, what, was that, what was that birth of this new organization like? Yeah, so it's more the latter. Um, this, there's been so much going on behind the scenes. Um, you know, in some respects, you could say it's been, it's been rather quick because if you're just sitting there and you're, you're only sort of seeing what you see that's public facing, it seems fast. But the reality is, um, well, let's, let's go back to the very beginning and that NDA was an initiative really spawned by QDMA at the outset. And even at that time, there were people who thought really what needed to happen was that QDMA would become the NDA. And for whatever reason, uh, well, a number of different reasons, it ended up going a little bit differently, but we still had the alliance and we had very similar missions. And even for the first couple of years that the NDA was launched, I still had regular meetings with the staff at QDMA who helped with things like coming up with our survey questions and just policy matters and whatnot. So um, that part of it, that part of the relationship was always there. And then when you, you sort of fast forward to 2020, um, so some unique, some unique things happened, right? The, number one, Brian Murphy uh, retired, moved on from, from QDMA. He'd been the CEO there 20 plus years. So there's a vacancy. And about the time the organization starts thinking about, okay, we need to, we need to search for a replacement. COVID-19 
rears its head. And I remember being in a conversation um, at this at the Southeast Deer Study Group meeting, I believe it was, or maybe it was the North American uh, Conservation meeting in March. And this is about the time we're starting to figure out that, hey, we may not be traveling all over the place like we're used to. Um, things like banquets were being stopped, traditional fundraising, a lot of uncertainty in the world. And so then also recruitment for a new CEO kind of got put on hold. Same thing happened at the Mule Deer Foundation, by the way, because ironically, you had uh, two of the four major deer groups had vacancies at their CEO position. And they were unable to fill them because of everything that was going on. And then I'll just, I guess I'll just chalk it up to just some uh, good, thoughtful conversation about what does the future look like. And so with the National Deer Alliance, it was interesting because we were, we really were starting to grow a good footprint. Uh, We became financially stable. We're really uh, I feel leading the way on outreach and education on chronic wasting disease. And so we're kind of like hitting our stride. But one thing I was always hesitant to do at the NDA was add a bunch of staff people uh, because I didn't, I don't believe in oversized organizations that cost a lot to sustain. What I believe in is right sized organizations that are focused on their mission and they only grow to the size they need to be to support their mission. And so during this growth, I only added one staff person, Torin Miller, who is our policy and outreach coordinator. And, and immediately, when you double the staff, it has impact, right? Right. Um, so we're clipping right along. Torin's been a great addition. and But at the same time, even with two people, and you and I have had this conversation uh, personally and also on your show, it's really hard to be big enough to have the kind of impact that we needed to just be a little bit bigger. And instead of investing in making NDA bigger, when you've already got QDMA sitting there, why can't we have a larger conversation about what would this look like if we worked more together and and up to and including possibly just being one organization. And it was probably only into the second meeting among staff and, and some board members that it, it became clear that, you know, we should really just be talking about a merger because we're all into it. We're all focused on the mission. Let's just start working in that direction. Yeah. And it sucks that you even have, I have to even ask this question, but how, how much of an impact did COVID-19 have on this merger? And what I mean by that is we all know that banquets, fundraising events, not only for for the QDMA, but for all conservation organizations took an absolutely huge hit this spring. So was this a, was this also kind of a monetary merger as well? No, I think it's a great question to ask. You you don't have to apologize at all. Um, It's a question I'd be asking. So the reality is COVID in terms of a decision to start talking about merging had had no impact on that that had started those conversations started before the world got shut down and before banquets were canceled um, back whenever we were first hearing about covid and we were told things like hey you know if you wear a mask for a couple weeks we should be good and ready to go um so you know there's just been so much so many different levels of communication with that so there was a lot of uncertainty but no i mean this this conversation started before that um you know even even with covid 
QDMA certainly could have just said, well, we're going to go ahead and just continue with recruitment of the CEO. And NDA could have said, we're just going to continue doing what we're doing. Uh, NDA, we don't, we've never done fundraising banquets and we raise money in a different way. So COVID really didn't impact the way we did business. Uh, it certainly impacted the way that QDMA did business, um, but it didn't, it's not what drove this at all. I mean, it, it, it certainly became a giant footnote. <laughs> um, it, it was it was a large part of our conversation about how do we fundraise going forward and whatnot. But uh, it was it was certainly not the driver of this at all. Okay, what was the driver behind the merger? Simply wanting to do more for for deer and hunters without any duplication of effort. Okay, um, even without COVID, there's a, and even though we worked really hard not to not to have duplication of effort. And we tried really hard not to compete with fund for funding. The reality is there is only so much money going around out there. And you've seen that yourself as part of your work and yep. uh, being out, of the, and out on the scene. And so really, it, it's, it was partly, I think, my desire to not want to just try to continue to grow NDA. I thought that was irresponsible. And I, and it, it was a desire. QDMA was looking for leadership. And um, I, I was a, I was a, name kicked around early on which just makes sense because i have the long relationship there and with nda and so instead of yes scenario that would just have me leaving nda just to go over to qdma it just didn't make a ton of sense i mean let's let's get the best of both and put together an organization that's going to do more for deer and hunters which is what we really need right okay so a lot of the world or a lot of the hunting community heard about this through a an article that was released on meat eater or instagram through the national deer alliance and, and qdma or people sharing that from from instagram right so the the outlet seemed small and right now i have a feeling there are still a lot of qdma members out there and maybe even uh some nda members out there who are scratching their head saying Wait a second. What what's going on right now? So the the question I have is, you know, QDMA members have I I put them under the diehard category for two things: not only being stewards of the land, but being stewards of the natural resources. We 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 throw deer into that category, but they also have love of the land, right? They have love for birds and and you know, all the other animals that live on their properties. What is the message right now to those people? Yeah, I mean, so first of all, just to the communications part of it, um, we sent out our, our press release last evening. And so um, the reality is with the way, the, with the, way the, the media works and even our own outdoor media, we didn't have the luxury to tell hundreds of people and then put it out to the news, which I know upsets some people because they want to they want to be the first to know. Um, the problem, though, is like I, I can give you the very real example of whenever I first went, whenever I was hired to be the CEO of the National Deer Alliance. Before we could get it announced, the story got scooped, and it was run by a publication, and we lost control of the message right off the bat. So just the very nature of media and communications means that you can't really start making those calls or sending direct letters until once you've put the release out. Um, and so that's a very calculated and, and it's, as I've told the team, as we worked on that, there, it's, it's impossible to win that. Like it's yeah. hard to like win the press conference. Right. 
so you just do the best you can, and, and uh, we hope that people will, will come around to that. And in the end, this is one day in a gigantic long point in time here going forward. So by Friday, is like I told the team, I'm like, by Friday, nobody cares anymore. They just want to know what we're doing. So, right. Um, uh, so, but to the, to the QDMA member, and this is a person I can relate to because, number one, I'm, I'm a life member of QDMA. I'm a level two deer steward. Um, I am that person that you described, and I always have been. And so none of what you're used to with us in terms of if, if you're if you're a member because you want to learn how to or can you know, have good resources about managing your land and um, managing the age structure of your herd, that that isn't changing. We still those core principles remain the same. Um, at the same time, if you're a National Deer Alliance member and you've always been mostly just interested in the policy part of it, um, that's not going away either that's still going to be there. It's just going to be under one roof. Our field to fork program, bringing new people into our sport, still very much part of who we are. So when we look at programs, um, none of, none of that is, is changing. We're going to go through strategic planning and we'll look at everything, but we all feel very strongly um, that who we are to, that got us to this point remains. It's really just about doing more for everybody. Okay. So, you have the QDMA, which is a pay, you, you pay to be a member of this organization. You have the National Deer Alliance, which is free to join. Where do you see yourself when it comes to paying for membership or free membership? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and so we see membership the way it's handled at QDMA remaining in place. So if you're a member now, let's say you joined in uh, April of, of 2020, your membership's good till April of 2021. If you're a life member, you're still a life member. Um, if you're a you know, longtime supporter, if you're, a, if you're a person that's given as part of your will, none of that, none of that changes. Um, the name of the organization may change and we'll, we'll have to figure that one out in terms of, uh, you know, if someone has a plaque that, it says QDMA on it, whether they'd want the new name or whatnot, all that stuff can be figured out. Um, and if you're an NDA member and you haven't been paying, um, I'm sad to say to my friends that are NDA members, um, you're, you'll have to pay going forward uh, to be a member. So, you know, I say that, but one thing people have to realize is that QDMA has 50,000 plus paid members. The NDA, because it was free, we only got to a little over 17,000 people that signed up, even though it was free. And you might say, well, why would less people join something that was free? And well, I think part of it is you just feel a certain level of buy-in when you, when you send that membership fee in. And so, you know, will, will some people just not be involved because they'd have to buy a membership? You know, even that's okay, because most importantly, what we want them participating in is the mission. And so while we hope that we can continue membership at that level, um, ultimately we need, we need more deer hunters and non deer hunters participating in, in the things we need to do to save the animal and the sport, because that's, that's ultimately what's critical. Yeah. You've mentioned, uh, this new mission a couple times already. How different is this new mission from as a combined organization than it is from just the NDA by itself and the QDMA by itself? Well, if you look at the two missions of the organizations, 
uh, right now, they're very, very similar. Um, the, the main difference for NDA would be that we have done policy work for all deer species, whereas QDMA has always just been whitetails. Um, but otherwise, they're largely the same. We're focused on hunting heritage. We're focused on science. So being science-based isn't going to change. And we're focused on, um, on, on conservation. So I think what you'll see is, number one, on the policy front, we don't intend to not advocate for all deer species. I think that will continue. Um, so to what extent we would get involved in on-the-ground work with like mule deer, for example, though, I mean, we've got the Mule Deer Foundation. We've got a great partnership with them. That would be unlikely. But policy-wise, we, we'll, be, we'll work on, all, on issues that impact all deer. Um, and the other, the only other thing I would say is that we, I think long-term we'll have a more broad conservation feel to what we do. And so again, that's, that's not, we just, we need to be a little bit more inclusive of people who might just care about deer. And I'm, and I'm talking about people who may not even hunt deer because when I go and work on policy, for example, it's great to go and sit in front of a congressional committee and give a testimony. But I'm only doing that on behalf of the number of members or deer hunters there are in the country. And guess what? We're like, you know, three or four percent of the population. We'd be much stronger to go in there with a higher percentage of the population that cares about deer. And I, I frankly dream of a day where people will send in a membership to to our organization that have that don't intend to shoot a deer, but they understand it and they care about the conservation impacts that deer bring. And so they, they think they think to be a member just like they would for like ducks unlimited or even trout unlimited is an example. Yeah. So what do you see yourself or what does the, the new organization see itself doing that is the same? And what do you guys see yourself doing that is different moving forward? Yeah. So, I mean, the same, like I mentioned earlier, program areas, uh, pretty much as we see them right now, going into strategic planning, remain uh, the same. That doesn't change. Um, you know, different. We'll be more streamlined, I think. Um, we're not, in, in terms of our fundraising approach, um, we've learned the hard way, as many others have, that we can't rely on a traditional banquet program to raise our money. So you're going to see the way that we fundraise change. Uh, it's going to be more locally driven, meaning those the, the folks at the local level, our volunteers, will have more um, control over how they fundraise. The traditional um, banquet package that they would buy, or even, even the requirement that our branches hold a banquet, will change. We just have to be more flexible and realize that there are a lot of other ways to, to raise money for an organization. Uh, so that's a pretty big change. Um, I think also we're going to just continue to focus on being modern. Um, and what I mean by that is another thing that we've learned with the whole COVID situation is just the ability and effectiveness of, of being able to, to work remotely. Half of the QDMA staff or somewhere near that already works remotely. Uh, the National Deer Alliance staff has always worked remotely. And having to, to keep and maintain a physical brick-and-mortar headquarters is very expensive. And in this day and age where technology has improved so much, why not save those dollars and invest them in our mission as opposed to spending them on brick and mortar, which at the end of the day, only the tiniest percentage of our members would ever see it anyway. 
Um, and so you're not really serving your mission or serving the membership. So I'm, I'm very big on, on lean and focused and not being bloated. And so uh, those are some of the areas that I look at is where we can, we can just be better. Okay. I, every time I hear, I I've been part of it. My wife's been part of it. Um, just about everybody I know in some way, shape or form has been a part of a business merging with another business, right? Two businesses. And whenever people hear the, the terms streamline or efficient, we think of cheaper ways of doing what we're already doing. And that can sometimes result in cuts in staff or other areas, right? And you've already mentioned like getting rid of the brick and mortar type location, but are any jobs going to be impacted by this merger? I think any of that, any of the position changes and restructuring that happened have already happened. Um, this is about going forward with the team we have. Um, so I can tell you that as I look at the business, and, as, and, and it's not just me, we've got a, a, a whole management team um, that, that, that work on this. At this time, we don't. that's not the focus at all. I mean, the, the focus is to make our existing team even stronger. And we want to we want to make sure this is an organization where not only the people that we have want to work, but we want to attract all the best people that want to come work for us because our mission is good because we can treat our we treat our employees exceptionally, and we're flexible, and and I'll use that term modern again. Um, so that's where we want to be. Like we want to be the place that people go to. We do not want to be uh, the place where we're just constantly making cuts because that's how we survive. We we want to strengthen the team that we have. Right. You mentioned modern. What new ways do you foresee yourself spreading this new organization's message that may haven't been done in the past? Sure. Yeah, I think, well, one thing that, uh, that both NDA and QDMA have done well is the way we've used uh, the digital frontier to get our information out. Uh, a lot of really great content. I think you're going to see, well, I know you're going to see that continue. Um, we're having very real and honest conversations about our print magazine. Um, does everybody, do we, do we give people the option if you want print or not want print? I can tell you that personally, um, I get all my magazines digital and I read them on my iPad, but I've got friends who very much like to get the paper magazine. So we're looking at all those things, like what, what makes sense for us to do? Uh, how, do we, how do we serve our membership while also serving our mission um, and, and do it cost effectively? So when I say efficiency, I am not talking at all about cuts or elimination of, of programs. I'm talking about smarter use of our money. Right. Um, the dollars that we generate are, are dollars that people, not all of them, some of them are sponsor-driven and whatnot, but our membership dollars in particular, people dollars that people give us because they care about our mission. And that's all they care about. And that's why they support it. And I feel very strongly that we owe it to them to spend that dollar as effectively as possible. And that's, that's directly toward the mission and good and a good team. And I don't think that it's, it's buildings and, and things that cost money that have no return for most of our members. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. All right. So the next, the next couple questions, uh, it's basically, I have these bullet points, right. And I just have a word with a question mark after it are, are QDMA chapters still going to exist like they've traditionally existed? 
Yes. Yes. Okay. It's just that there might be a change in the fundraising efforts and like, are, are there still banquets that are going to be held? Yeah, we're not, we're not saying that we're going out of the banquet business. What we're saying is, is that requiring chapters or branches as we refer to them, uh, requiring them to do a banquet. Uh, frankly, most of the people we've heard from, uh, the, the branch leaders said, we're glad we don't have a requirement to do a banquet um, and that you're going to listen to us and give us more local options for how to fundraise and do and lead local projects. So not only do we, do we want our branches to stay with us, we want to, we want to continue to add more and we want them to, to be flexible and we want them most importantly, most people that, that sign up to join these organizations, they don't do it because they have this uh, big desire to want to have a banquet every year. Uh, they do it because they have a desire to do more for the resource and to learn more for themselves and to give back. And so we want to just be a lot more flexible on ways that they can give back and and be effective locally and really just promote and advance our mission. And then as far as, you know, money raised by QDMA in the past and even uh, the National Deer Alliance have gone to support some pretty big projects. Uh, what is going to happen from the project points of, let's say, like funding for, uh, I guess, uh, deer, like deer restoration projects or habitat management projects that are currently in progress and also in the pipeline to be accomplished in the future? Yeah, I, I think those those plans certainly still continue. We don't have any any plans to change any of that aspect of our work. Uh, we want to support research. We want to support on-the-ground projects. We want to support uh, getting new people into our sport. And a lot of those are really great locally-led projects by our branches that do that. And we, get, we have every intention to continue supporting that. I think what we're going to find and what's, with some of our branches, if we, have, if we have branch leaders listening to this now, they're probably shaking their head. But uh, many of them have, have had really great ideas for raising more money more efficiently, and we probably didn't listen to them as well as we could have. Uh, so um, we're going to listen a lot more and we're going to be a lot more flexible so that there hopefully are even more dollars that can go around for these projects. But also banquets, big, big events tend to really wear out volunteers as well. And so there's a burnout factor there after running a banquet a couple of years in a row. And, and we just, that's just unnecessary. We'd rather, if people are going to burn out, we want them to burn out putting our mission on the ground out there. And, um, so that that's really what what we're focused on. Some groups, there are some groups though that just love to run a banquet, and they do a really good one. And there's no reason that can't continue either. Uh, we're just saying, as part of your checklist of to be a branch, it's, it's not a requirement that you would run a big traditional fundraising banquet. Okay. All right. So I I ask you this every time that we've talked in the past through the NDA side of things, but where do you see this organization, whether it's by the end of the week, in one year, in five years, in, you know, 32 years, like the, or 33 years, however long the QDMA has been around, where do you, where's this, the future of this organization? Yeah. And, and I've, done, I've put a lot of thought into this as has the rest of the, the management team. Um, I, I, I feel like we have great vision for this and great enthusiasm for it. So I'll just start with the short term. Uh, we have to, the merger is, is technically not complete until our boards will take final action um, 
to, to make all that happen. So as part of that, though, we have to do um, strategic planning and we have to seat our board and uh, we have to do things in terms of our bylaws, updating the name change. So those are those are the really administrative things that have to happen. And those will happen over the next few few weeks and months. We'd love to have a strategic plan in place and a name and mission statement and all that wrapped up heading into hunting seasons. Uh, not South Carolina or Florida hunting seasons. So, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna pick the states that would be later in the year that did open in October. But uh, that's that's what we would that's what we're shooting for. And okay. then, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Uh, just continue your thought. Yeah, longer term. Uh, we need to head into 2021 with a real plan. Here's where we're headed. And because when we go to people that we need to support us, we need to present them with a plan. It can't be wishy-washy and, well, here's what we think we hope to do. And it has to be a, a real plan that people want to invest in. And so we have to have that ready going into uh, 2021. And at that point, it becomes the much longer game once we have once we have the administrative elements ironed out. And that's the game of um, securing the branches that we have, adding new ones, um, tweaking our own internal structure of how to best do our work, making sure people are all in the right position, um, growing our staff, making sure we're, we're taking care of all of our staff as well as we possibly can. That's, that's critically important to me. Uh, it's something that I care about a lot. And uh, from there, you get longer term out, three years, five years, um, I, like I said, I think we, we're, we're broadening, broadening our, our conservation focus. Uh, deer, which, which we feel have been a little bit taken for granted here in, in recent years, seven out of 10 people that hunt, hunt deer. The most of the people that buy a license to hunt, they're buying it because they want to hunt deer. And when you look at the impact that deer have on all of wildlife conservation, whether you're a bird watcher sitting in Iowa uh, or if you're a if you're a diehard deer hunter sitting in New York, deer matter to you, and so we have a lot of work to do to get that message out there. We have to teach people about things like chronic wasting disease and why that's important, and why that even if you don't intend to hunt, deer are important and you should care about them, and you should get behind them. Right. How long until we see one voice at this point? Uh, meaning, meaning one overall. Yeah. So uh, until the message is coming out of this new organization, when is the QDMA's social going to go away? When is uh, the National Deer Alliance social media feeds going to go away? When are we going to see this one voice? I gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's something we have to have ready to go into 2021. Okay. We can't, we can't drag that out. I mean, once we've, we've, we're engaged here. We're, we're about to get married and it's, it's full steam ahead. So, um, just, just looking at it logistically, QDMA has all the infrastructure. They've been around for 30 years. Uh, NDA has been a much younger organization. We don't have these big, um, we don't have 30 years of history. It's much easier for us to sort of dissolve our things and, and just sort of dissolve it into what QDMA already has. Perfect. All right. So, are there any other organizations or businesses involved in this merger between QDMA and National Deer Alliance? 
Um, so what I can say to that extent is that we have, we're in continual conversation with our partners about how we can best serve each other and work together. So um, at a minimum, we're all hopeful that the relationships that we have with Mule Deer Foundation, Whitetails Unlimited will continue. Um, so that's, that's where we're at today. Um, this world is constantly changing. We don't know at the moment where things are headed. But the one thing we do know is that there's strength in our numbers and that we, we want to have that good relationship going forward. And ultimately, uh, we're doing this for deer in the mission and hunters and in the hunting industry. And that's where our focus needs to be and how that plays out in terms of how we're structured and whatnot, we, we feel will, will take care of itself. Okay. So there is a possibility in the future that other organizations may be absorbed into this. I, I, don't, I don't rule anything out. Um, I don't, I don't see, as I'm sitting here today, I don't see an immediate clear path to that. But, you know, two years ago, I, I probably would have said the same thing about NDA and QDMA. So um, I think if it makes sense for the resource, then, then that's what we do. Gotcha. All right. Is there anything else that is new or exciting about this new organization that you want to, I guess, express to the listeners? I, I think it's just, a, I think it's a fresh, it's a fresh perspective, a fresh opportunity. Um, we, we came into this process with eyes wide open and it is 100% with the mission in mind. And that was, that has been a fun part of this process is that we continually have checked ourselves against why we're doing this. We're not doing it for us as individuals. We're not doing it for just to keep our organizations alive. We have to first understand is this mission worthy? And this is not the good old days for deer and deer hunters right now. And it's, it's really sad to say that, but it's the reality. We've got chronic wasting disease. We've got EHD, which with drought in a lot of places right now and really hot temperatures across a lot of the landscape, that makes me really nervous right about now. Yeah. Um, we've got dwindling hunter ranks. Uh, we've got less places for people to hunt or, or more people that don't understand hunting or why it's important. So if not us, who? Yeah. And as cliche as that sounds, as, as we reminded ourselves throughout this process, if we're waiting for somebody to come in and solve this problem for us, it ain't happening. So we want to do it. We want to lead it. And what we really want to do is lead an army of people who care about deer and, and want to give back to an animal that's given so much to all of us. And, uh, we just want to take responsibility for it. Absolutely. And that sounds good to me, man. Well, Nick, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know that uh, in the future you're going to be on again to talk about some more details of, of this merger and uh, how things progress, you know, moving down the line. So I appreciate your time. Thank you not only for taking on this task of this new organization, but thank you for uh, coming on and spreading the good word. No, and thank you, Dan. Uh, as you and I have talked about many times, your your audience, is, they're the hardcore hunters, and I love it. And I love that you touch base with us as, as we move along, and I know we'll be doing that, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to talking to your listeners and uh, 
man, hopefully it'd be nice to see in public again soon. <laughs> we can never make that happen. I feel you, man. It's like right now it's just once a year or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's bad. So we got to fix that. All right. Well, there you have it. A big thank you to Dan and Nick for uh, helping kind of sort things out um, as, far, as far as the merger goes with uh, the National Deer Alliance and QDMA. Uh, also, a big thank you to our partners over at Stone Glacier. Be sure to check them out at stoneglacier.com. Uh, and of course, a big thank you to our partners, 2% for Conservation. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about 2% for Conservation, you can visit their website, fishandwildlife.org. And there you can see all the certified brands that have committed to conservation that you should support when you shop for your gear or coffee, guiding services, or really anything else under the sun. Uh, I also encourage all of you to give 2% a follow on social media uh, where it's nothing but positive conservation-driven content. Uh, again, if you'd like to learn more about 2% for conservation, you can look for them online on their various social medias or at fishandwildlife.org. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, stay safe out there, and remember that conservation starts with you.